Uh, hello. Hello. Okay, let me try one last time. Hello. That's better. Good morning to you all, um, and welcome to this uh, Rhodes Scholarships uh, information um, sharing session. Um, let me start by thanking Dr. Rukeo Bawa and her team for again uh, outshining all of us by putting up such uh, splendid events and, and, and great settings. And of course, uh, uh, the, the food uh, is, is rather voluptuous. So um, it's a very important session. Uh, we're going to hear from um, three uh, Rhodes Scholars. Um, one of them, Mr. Lutuli, you did, uh, when, when were you a Rhodes Scholar? 2000. 2000. Please, please don't judge his age by that. Hey? <laughs> 2000. I, I will not tell you when I was there. So, I mean, uh, you know, the gray hair shouldn't mean anything. And then, of course, we've got two um, uh, very uh, confident, smiling young people in front of us. Um, they deserve a round of applause, but before you do that, let me tell you why. They've just been awarded the Rhodes Scholarship for 2014. So they're going off to um, the Dreaming Spires in, in, in September. Now, they have a huge smile on their faces because they just don't quite know what is awaiting them. So, so let's get them to enjoy it. A round of applause. I'll, I'll say something about uh, the session and how it will unfold in a, in a moment, but um, why don't I uh, invite our Deputy Vice Chancellor for Research and Innovation, uh, Professor Tsilitsi Marwala. Uh, unfortunately for him, he didn't go to Oxford, the dark blues. He went to Cambridge, the light blues, but we will forgive him for that. Uh, he, 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 he has spent enough time uh, in Oxford to come and visit uh, the dark blues. But of course, Cambridge, uh, a very uh, prestigious uh, university in its own right. Uh, we shall not decide which one is number two, which one is, 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 is number one. But just to say for today, he's not smart four to one. Uh, so again, uh, Professor, welcome to you. And just a word of thanks from you on behalf of the university. Thanks, Professor Marwal. And he's also a Harvard man, I should say. So we're in prestigious Thank you very much uh, for coming. I think uh, when we put this program together, uh, it was because uh, for the for the long time we have been observing that uh, not too many road scholarships are actually coming to University of Johannesburg. If I'm not mistaken, you probably are the last alumni of this university to get uh, the first uh, 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 road scholarship. And certainly, I I I personally I did not get a road scholarship. I did not apply for it, I think I could <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but most certainly, I think uh, Rose Scholarship, as you know, is a very prestigious scholarship. It takes you to uh, one of the greatest universities uh, in, in the world, uh, Oxford University, and uh, you meet everybody from all over the place. I mean, you know, some of the alumni include uh, Bill Clinton was also a Rhodes Scholar many more American politicians, and even many people are playing active roles uh, within South African uh, uh, society. And, uh, you know, uh, I have been 
following the Rose Scholarship for a while, and I feel that quite a few candidates when I was still at, uh, at uh, the other university of uh, lesser reputation in the <laughs> But most certainly, uh, uh, I think uh, I am looking forward uh, to you making yourself available uh, uh, for, for the Rose Scholarship. Uh, most importantly, I would like to thank uh, Domiso Lutuli. And Domiso is the Assistant General Secretary of the Rhodes Foundation. And he went to Oxford and he did uh, a BCL, a Bachelor's of Civil Law, and uh, an MBA, a Master's of Business Administration, all in two years. Because when you do, uh, uh, when you do get a Rhodes Scholarship, you can do more than one degree during the yes. As long as you can be able to fill it, fill it within two years or three years, is it two years or three years? Uh, well, it can be funding can be extended to three years if uh, if it's a PhD. Absolutely. And I also uh, uh, welcome uh, Mr. Smith. Uh, he's going to study economics uh, at, at Oxford uh, University. Uh, we wish you all the best. Uh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy Oxford. Um, you should take home. <laughs> and then uh, Miss uh, Aref, uh, she's going to do law uh, at, at, at uh, Oxford uh, uh, University. She's actually from UKZN, and Mr. Smith is actually from Rhodes University. We hope uh, next year when we have a forum of this nature, uh, two of you here will be in front uh, addressing the next uh, cohort of Rhodes Scholars. Uh, with those few words, uh, I wish you all the best. Uh, make use of, uh, of, of, of these individuals. Find out how, what it takes. Obviously, academic success is very, very important. But also being active in, 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 in within society in general. So you should be doing something. You should uh, adopt a, a grandparent uh, <laughs> in your street. You know, very, very important. Something that we, we take very seriously as we that uh, if you are a student or an individual uh, for that matter, you should play an active role in society. Uh, the whole ethos of a role scholarship is basically to serve society, to make a difference in society. In whatever, uh, in, in, in whatever way you, you, you would play, you know, it might be by coming up with new theories, uh, by, you know, by founding foundations that uh, have impact on society, and so on and so forth. So this is really about, uh, about you, and it is about your ambitions, and it is about uh, your, you know, uh, making use of your capabilities so that you can be able to change society. With those viewers, thank you very much, uh, and thank you very much uh, for, for all of you for coming, and for, to our guests, uh, and Chris, thank you very much for, 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 for making sure that this uh, runs smoothly. I also thank uh, Lukea Bauer, uh, when I requested her to host uh, this function, uh, before I blinked, the function was actually organized. So thank you very much, Chair, uh, for organizing this. With those few words, thank you very much. Thanks, thank you. I, I really just would like to, uh, well, first of all, thank you, DBC. Thank you for your leadership. Uh, for your inspiration, for your for your energy, um, and, and inspiration uh, to take uh, initiatives such as these uh, very seriously, uh, I just want to echo something uh, the DVC said. Um, I, I just don't think it's good enough 
for university with our reputation, with our prestige, with our uh, global ambitions, um, to have uh, uh, in the person of myself, I think I could have done better, but to have one road scholarship, one road scholar in its history, is, is, is simply, simply unforgiving. But I, I really think we should take these initiatives far more seriously. And you will be amazed um, with the inputs and assistance from impressive uh, young students um, and leaders like these, uh, that, that the sky may just be uh, the limit. But I, I, I think we're knocking on the door, uh, and we should. Now, I have a fear that come 2014 BBC, we might just have 60 applications from UJ. So let's see how that pans out. But, but I would like to encourage you as you go into the future to apply for the, for, for, for the Rhodes Scholarship to Oxford. There are fantastic scholarships to um, other uh, impressive uh, and highly ranked universities uh, in the UK, uh, all over Europe. Uh, in fact, the DVC will tell you that, that um, the South and, and, and countries in the uh, emerging South are becoming important for us. There are uh, American scholarships, the Fulbright Scholarship that can take you to, to uh, impressive and important universities in, in the U.S. as well. So from my side, I would just like to uh, encourage you. Uh, just a few house rules, but I'm sure particularly Mr. Lutuli uh, will, will touch on it. I am going to ask our two new um, uh, uh, Rhodes uh, alumni to to, to talk and share with you their experiences, um, the nerve-wracking uh, nerve moments they've been through, uh, to recall those interviews. I'm sure you will uh, talk about that when you've just made one round. You find out you're going through an even tougher round, but, but it's all worth it in the end. It's very, very competitive. Uh, before I do that, by the time you go to Oxford to take up your studies, uh, if you were to be successful, and be awarded the Rhodes Scholarship, you should be uh, 27 years young. But then again, none of you sit with that problem of being older than 27. Uh, Just by the look on your faces. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I don't uh, judge and ask you for your birth certificates and, and, and IDs. But you have to be 27 by the time you take it up. Of course, ideally younger if you, if you want to uh, study one uh, maybe even even more degrees. Um, so without uh, further ado, I'm going to now hand over to um, our 22 of our 2014 um, successful candidates, uh, Rhodes Scholars, um, Mr. Dylan Smith from Rhodes University uh, in the East of Cape, and Ms. Um, Sehan Araf. Uh, they they taking up their places later this year. You could certainly you know pepper us later in terms of what you can expect. But but all the best and, and congratulations to you. It's, it's certainly not a a mean achievement. Uh, it's, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a great achievement. So without further ado, Mr. Smith, do you want to take the floor? Um, I think so. I'm going to take it. Okay. So so sorry. Before they do, Chris, can I? Oh yeah, yeah. Can I I sorry, 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 sorry. No, After the floor show. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, I'm very loud. Can you hear me at the back? Okay, I don't need a mic then. <laughs> okay. You have to speak loud in order to get the rules correct. 
Um, thank you very much, Chris, and uh, thanks, Chilizi, for, for a wonderful introduction. And good morning to you all. Uh, as it's been said, Nubi Sorutuji, Assistant General Secretary of uh, the Lord Scholarship. Uh, our General Secretary is uh, Justice Edwin Cameron. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't be with us today because they have interviews at the Constitutional Court for for, for the for the law clerks there. Um, there's two Assistant General Secretaries. The other one is, Liz, is Dr. Lisa Klein. Um, also, she's got other commitments, so she couldn't be with us today. Very quickly, I'm just going to introduce uh, Saham and, and Dylan, and uh, then we can we can talk a little bit more later. But what I'd like to do is, this is not just us talking to you. Let's make this a conversation. Make it as lively as possible. Ask as many questions as you possibly can. No question is a stupid question. This is a safe environment. You can ask any question that you want to ask. Um, and uh, we are pleading with you. We are not getting University of Johannesburg applicants for the Rhodes College, period. It's not that they're not enough. They're just not. So we would like that to change. So please open up. If there are any challenges that you foresee, talk, talk to us about, the, about those challenges. We'd like to be as helpful as we possibly can. Um, and uh, once again, congratulations to Saham and Dylan. They, uh, they had the misfortune of being interviewed by me at South Africa at large, but it, it surely didn't go so bad because uh, they're, they're here with us today. Uh, congratulations to, 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 you, to you guys once again. Um, you, 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 you really deserve the accolade. Uh, you did exceptionally well. And, and very, very briefly, uh, it's been said that Saham is uh, a, a graduate of uh, UKZN. She finished her LLB last year, uh, summa cum laude. And before that, she did a BA uh, in law and politics, uh, which again was, uh, was, uh, was, 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 was achieved summa cum laude. Um, Saham is not only a lawyer, she is a political activist. I will not mention the party. Um, but she is very, very keenly involved in politics and a uh, very energetic young South African who wants to make a difference. She was very much involved in, uh, in debating at, uh, at university and organized an, a number of initiatives, especially in Guamachu Township. I don't know if there's anyone who comes from uh, that part of the world who knows where. Guamashu Township is, uh, which which is quite an intimidating environment for 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 a young 20 21 year old, you know, driving through the township, organizing debate tournaments and coaching, and uh, and I mean she did exceptionally well, and uh, it's one of the things that uh, that ended up ending her the the, the accolade of uh, of uh, of the scholarship. She's also an accomplished uh, modern dancer. And, uh, and has completed intermediate exams in, in, in that regard. Um, but obviously her passion is law, and she probably will share that a little bit, uh, late, uh, a little bit uh, later with you. Uh, at Oxford, she's going to read for a Bachelor of Civil Laws, which is a master's degree in law. Um, it's, it's claimed to be one of the most uh, difficult master's uh, law master's degrees in the Commonwealth. Um, she has been admitted to the program and uh, she is going to be at uh, Keble College. So when you go to the website, look up for Keble College so that you can have a better sense of where she's going. Um, and, uh, and then she's hoping that in her 
In her second year, she can read for a master's in uh, global gov governance and diplomacy. Um, I'm trying very hard just to dissuade her from that, but I have no, I have no control over that, but we'll see. And, uh, and Dylan uh, um, graduated in 2012 uh, with a distinction at Rose University, uh, Bachelor of Business uh, Science, uh, specializing in economics. He's now working for uh, Genesis Consulting, uh, which is an economics and uh, consulting management uh, firm. You will notice that Dylan is very, very quiet. Um, and uh, he was saying to me that he, at one point, thought that he stood no chance of, uh, of, uh, of, of winning a Rhodes Scholarship, you know, having seen some of the other Rhodes Scholars who are very loud. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that is not a consideration at all. Um, you know, leadership manifests itself in different forms, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on. Um, Dylan was very much involved in debating at Rhodes University as well, and uh, he chaired the Rhodes uh, Debating Society for two years, and he convened the National uh, Schools Debating Championships and uh, sat on several national and provincial and secondary uh, debating uh, governing bodies. Uh, he set up uh, uh, TEDx Rhodes University. He'll tell you a little bit more about that. It's a local independent TED event and uh, co-founded the Rhodes uh, Students Economics Forum. And um, he is uh, the 2012-2013 NetBank Old Mutual Budget Speech Essay Competition winner and uh, 2011 runner-up in the National Universities Debating Championships and was uh, the top three speaker in uh, the Pan-African Universities Debating Championships. So he's very much a debater. And uh, at, at Oxford, he, he plans to read for an, uh, an MPhil in economics. In fact, he had a very interesting uh, challenge because he applied for an MPhil in economics, which is a very, very demanding uh, MPhil degree. Uh, and uh, he he actually decided to hedge his bets because, I mean, it's very, very competitive. I mean, I don't think there is a single program in Oxford which is going to have more than, say, 50 students if it's, uh, if it's a big program. Uh, so you can imagine 50 students drawn from all over the world. It's very competitive to get in. So he had to, you know, have a backstop arrangement being an economist. So he also applied for an MSc in economics and uh, for development. And uh, so he had a very interesting challenge in that he was admitted uh, to, to, to both programs. So he had uh, to make a very, very hard choice, which was quite a nice uh, problem to have. Uh, you haven't heard as to which college you're going to, but you should ho hopefully be hearing over the next uh, uh, week or so. And uh, without further ado, can you guys uh, take us through the presentation and then we can uh, take questions and broad discussion of that. Thanks very much. Hi guys, uh, everyone can hear me okay because I really don't want to use the mic. <laughs> Fine at the back. Okay, cool. So um, we've just prepared a little PowerPoint, well, the Rhodes Trust has prepared a little PowerPoint presentation um, for us, and we're going to take you through that really quickly. Uh, feel free to ask questions, but I think there's also going to be a question and answer general discussion session afterwards. And as Antonisa said, there's no such thing as a stupid question, so ask them all. Um, okay, great. So. 
broad structure of this presentation because I cannot work your tablet. Background information, what degrees you can study at Oxford, um, most important, the eligibility criteria, the selection criteria, and then the really juicy bits, the application process, um, which Dylan will tell you about more than stress. Okay, great. So let's start with some background information. Um, what are the Rhodes Scholarships? Um, so the Rhodes Scholarships were established by Cecil John Rhodes in 1902. Um, he was an incredibly wealthy mining magnate. Um, and he also like bequeathed the whole of UCT's land to it and whatever, and Rhodes University of Grahamstown as well. So he was incredibly wealthy. He set up, incidentally, he wasn't ever educated at Oxford. He set up the Rhodes Scholarship um, to bring together like-minded young individuals so that they could be brought together in one place, be educated in one place, and so that when they left that bubble of academia, because Oxford is a bubble, um, they could go out and make a difference in the world and fight the world's fight. Um, so it's one of the oldest and perhaps most prestigious scholarships in the world, um, right up there with like the Fulbright, etc. Um, and it provides financial support to study only at the University of Oxford. So if you win a Rhodes Scholarship, you're going to the University of Oxford. You don't have a choice. Not so bad, because Oxford's kind of like Hogwarts, so um, <laughs> it suited us just fine. Yeah, so what are the Rhodes Scholarships? That's it. Um, okay, so more generally, the Rhodes Scholarships is an international scholarship, right? So there's 83 scholars selected annually from around the world. We have American scholars from the Philippines, China, India, Africa, Southern Africa, um, but more specifically for Southern Africa, there are 10 Rhodes Scholarships. Um, for South Africa, there are nine, and the extra scholarship is one for the BLMNS scholars, which is Botswana, Lesotho, Malawi, Namibia, and Swaziland. Um, sorry, thanks. Zimbabwe has its own scholarship, and I think one other Southern African country, Kenya, has its own, um, a very own specific process. So if you know anybody, any nationals from those countries that are studying at UJ, or if you're just friends with them, please do spread the word. Um, those scholarships run in the same way as these are, um, and it's very good to get a greater pool of applicants as possible. Okay, so specifically for South Africa, there are four traditional school scholarships um, that have sister schools because we like gender representation, um, and those are St. Andrews from Grahamstown, um, Paul Rose from Stellenbosch, Sachs from Cape Town, and Bishops from Cape Town. Um, those are four school-specific scholarships, and the school scholars aren't here, um, unfortunately, because only one of them is working in Johannesburg and couldn't make it. And then KZN has its own specific provincial scholarship, and then there are four extra South Africa at large scholarships, and that's the scholarship that Dylan and I are on. It's for the exact same funding in the exact same year for the exact same duration with the same eligibility and selection criteria. It just depends what where you are located geographically. But we'll chat more about that in a second. Okay, so the school scholarships alumni from um, these schools can apply for either the school scholarship and for the essay at large. So you get two bites of the cherry. So if you are from any of these schools, including the sister schools listed here, um, you can apply for the school scholarship specifically and also if you're unsuccessful at that, you can also apply for or be nominated for the SA at large scholarships. Um, it's the same with the KZN scholarship. With the KZN scholarship, you first apply to the provincial selection committee and they sort of also act as 
um, an audition panel, and if you're unsuccessful at winning the KZN scholarship, which I was last year, quite sadly, <laughs> um, but more about that later, you are not, you can be nominated if the panel thinks you're good enough to the essay at large round, so you also get two bites of the cherry. If you live anywhere else, all hope is not lost, like Dylan, uh, you can apply directly for the essay at large scholarship, so um, it's fine, everything is you know, equally and fairly done. Um, it just depends where you're geographically located. Okay, so some notable Rhodes Scholars. I'm a little bit upset that the women aren't represented as well on this list, but I think that's an indictment on all of us. Um, so please, ladies here, I beg you, I'm the only woman of the 2014 class of Rhodes Scholars, and it's horrible that I'm the only woman. Please apply, oh my gosh, we need you. Um, so some notable Rhodes Scholars, Bill Clinton, um, Bob Hawke, I think the current, Tony Abbott is also, the current Prime Minister of Australia, he's yes. kind of crazy, yes. but he's also a Rhodes Scholar. Um, and he was a boxer. He was, okay, <laughs> explains a lot. <laughs> All right, so Tony Abbott, Edward Hubble, uh, Jay William Fulbright, which I actually didn't know, he's the guy who started the Fulbright Scholarship, which is a scholarship to the states only, so that's quite cool that he was a Rhodes Scholar. Um, Rachel Oppong, woman. Um, more some notable South African Rhodes Scholars, Justice Edward Cameron. Very sad that he couldn't come and speak to you. He's one of the greatest people ever. Um, he's a judge at the Constitutional Court of South Africa. Um, Lord Hoffman, he's a judge of the House of Lords in the UK. I think he's one of the, we call them law lords as well. Um, yeah, Sean Johnson, CEO of the Mandela Rhodes Foundation. There's also a separate Mandela Rhodes Scholarship, but we won't be talking to you about that. Um, yeah, so lots of you know great South Africans, particularly Brazilian, um, were on the scholarship. So it's incredibly prestigious. Um, the panel sees something very unique and special in you, um, and expect you to go out and to you know fight the world's fight and to really make a difference. Um, that's what they're looking for. They look for that potential in a candidate. Um, and they also look for a track record in that, but we'll get to that in a second. I think selection criteria is just after this. Um, yeah. Okay, so degrees and fields of study permitted. Um, the scholarship is for two years, but as Ndumiso said earlier, um, that can be extended if you're doing a PhD or a DPhil, as the people in the UK um, refer to it as. Um, any postgraduate degree can be pursued. So whether you're in economics, uh, medicine, uh, law, politics, whatever. So if you're doing anything, don't think that there is a specific degree that the Rhodes panel looks at, or a specific you know area of study that that the Rhodes panel looks at. You can study anything. So it can be a two-year masters like the MPhil, which is what Dylan's doing, or a one-year, two one-year masters like what I plan to do, um, or a straight DPhil, which is often two years long, an MBA or an MFE. Um, anything that takes you over that two-year limit, which is quite nice because I feel the people that I've spoken to that have only been at Oxford for one year really do wish that they had funding to, you know, after they've gotten used to the place and know what's expected of them and have really fallen in love with living in Oxford, um, they really want an extra year. So it's it's quite a good arrangement. Um, just, a, just a quick comment to the um, business and economics oriented of you. Um, I almost made the mistake of not having met one of these presentations of applying or of indicating in my application initially that I was sort of only interested in the, in the um, in the Masters in Financial Economics. So wh while you're in the application phase, um, I would advise being very careful about selecting uh, a first year degree, um, a one year master's, uh, which you can pair quite nicely with one of those MBAs or, or MFEs as well. 
Yeah, I think the application, well, well Dylan will chat about this a bit later, but the application procedure online asks you to list, I think, two options. Um, so, and I mean, you need to think very, very deeply about what options you'd like to choose because you're pressed on that in interviews, but it's definitely not like set in stone if through the application process you've changed your mind, um, like I have a million times, so uh, no, really. <laughs> so um, yeah, just think about it quite clearly, but don't, don't be too static in your thinking about what degree you'd like to pursue. Okay, uh, eligibility criteria? Okay, so eligibility criteria, there are three requirements. Uh, the first is a residency requirement. You have to have lived permanently in and resided, or have resided for at least five continuous years um, prior to the 10 years proceeding in South Africa, or if you're a BLMNA scholar in Botswana, Lesotho, Malawi, Namibia, or Swaziland. Um, so that's, that's incredibly important. The second one is the age requirement. You need to be at least 19 years. Um, when you apply and younger than 25 years on the 1st of October 2014. So the October that you arrive in Oxford, you need to be younger than 25 years. If you're a medic, so if you're a medical student, um, that age requirement is 27 because you need to do your Zuma year and your registration, etc. Um, so, but that's only if you're uh, a med school student, okay? So spread the word to all of your doctors and training. Um, but for everyone else, you have to be 25 by the time you get to Oxford in October. Um, that also, sorry, so the, the caveat to this is that with permission from Rhodes House, the age limit for medical students can be extended. Um, but I don't know if that has been denied for any It has been, okay. So, well, it's not set in stone. All right, the third one is the degree requirement. You need to have an honors level degree. So, um, you know, a BA plus the honors year or a four-year LLB, um, an honors equivalent degree. If you have a master's, that's fine as well. So by the 1st of October 2015, again, by when you um, need to be in Oxford, you must have had an honors level degree. Cool, and then this is the last from me. Uh, selection criteria. As I said before, um, Cecil John Rhodes specifically wanted well-rounded individuals who would be able to make a difference in the world. So they're not just looking for bookworms or the high achievers academically. Um, the, the selection panel is not looking for like a cookie cutter candidate, okay? So please don't be disingenuous in your application and think this is what a Rhodes Scholar is supposed to look like and sound like and act like and be interested in and put that forward. The selection panel can see through that so easily. They're very smart. <laughs> um, but what is really looked for is um, enthusiasm, energy to make a difference, um, passion for, for what you're studying and for what you're interested in. Obviously, academic um, excellence is, is important as well because you need to be able to cope um, with the academic rigor at Oxford. Um, leadership, outreach qualities, etc. They, they're just looking for a well-rounded, energetic individual that they know will make a difference in the world and that they want on the Rhodes team. Um, so don't be too afraid. I know it's really tough to introspect and to categorize yourself into that box. I'm not so sure if Dylan and I, in all honesty, can tell you that that's what we were 100% confident about. But um, just remember that the Rhodes Scholarship is not just for bookworms. Um, they really want people who are interested and interesting as well. 
yeah, so that is young people of outstanding intellect, character, leadership, and commitment to service. That's all from me, Dill. Yeah. Okay, can, can everyone hear me at the back? Okay, cool. Um, I'll try to <laughs> um, I have to switch from sort of thinking mode to debating mode, but it, it can be done. Um, I'm just going to take you through um, what the, the notes we've got in the application process and try and sprinkle in a bit of my own experiences here just to give you a little flavor on what it was like going through this. Um, but please interrupt me if you have any questions. Um, there will be a Q&A at the end, but if something's not making sense or I'm not explaining properly or just, it just isn't coming out right, just stick up your hand and, and ask a question. Um, okay, the most important thing that we need to know for applications, obviously, um, is when they open and close. Um, it opens on the 1st of June, closes on the 15th of August. Um, I would advise that because the application process itself, even in the initial phases, requires quite a bit of thinking, a little bit of introspection, um, quite a lot of sort of consideration about why you're applying for this and, and what you might be wanting to do with it, just give yourself a time, some time to make a couple of drafts um, and so don't squeeze it all sort of into the end um, of, that, of that sort of August bit. Um, give yourself a bit of time to, to spread it out. Um, you do, there's sort of a, a whole online application process which is all organized directly through the Rhodes Trust um, and on that you'll select which um, scholarship is appropriate for you, be it one of the school scholarships or one of the provincial scholarships. Um, and on the two links which are completely invisible on the screen, um, there are some um, sort of information guidelines to the process but if you just Google Rhodes Scholarship South Africa, it's pretty easy to, to get through the website and find. Um, uh, we have no trouble with that. And then you apply online through a link on the website. Um, so there's, there's concurrent application processes after the initial phase for each of the, the different scholarships. And the BLMNS, KZN, and the school scholarships all go through one round of interviews after they've been shortlisted based on the written applications. Um, and those interviews, at those interviews, a, scholarship, a scholar is selected for each of those um, constituencies or, as has been the case, um, not selected. It, it is the discretion of those panels um, not to select one of the scholars, in which case there are more South Africa at large scholarships open, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct, yes. If any of the schools does not award a scholarship or KZN does not award a scholarship, that scholarship automatically goes to South Africa at large. Mm -hmm. okay. That happened not an hour year, the year before, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and then for the essay at large applications, because there, there are obviously more applications, um, there are two rounds of the process. The first is the regional rounds, um, where based on the university that you that you studied at the point of application, um, you'll go through to, to a regional selection panel. Um, I think it's, well, KZN obviously selects through its own one. Um, there's also Kauteng and <coughs> the Northern Provinces. There's one for Eastern Cape and Free State, and there's one in the Western Cape, and I think it combines with the Northern Cape as well. Based on those, um, a shortlist of candidates um, of about 12 or so is sent through to the national selection round, um, which takes place here in Johannesburg. Um, you get you know, sort of flown up and um, you stay here for the weekend in Hart and it's all very nice um, and extremely stressful. Um, and, and that's where the final selection of, of four scholars or how many scholars are, are open that year is made. Um, step three. After you've been selected, I promise you it's still not over. Um, you have to apply then to Oxford. Um, so you have to get accepted for the scholarship um, and by the university and, and then a college in the university. 
Um, so this is what Saham and I have just completed is the, is the application through to Oxford. Um, it is quite nice that the initial Rhodes application overlaps quite a bit with what Oxford wants from you, so the personal statements and so on, and the, the references and all that are all sorted, so it's not, it's not too much, but you still have to motivate for your specific degree to the department that you're applying to. Um, so just bear in mind that it's not done yet. And then I think you get to finally call yourself a full Rhodes Scholar, not a scholar elect, uh, when you arrive in Oxford um, in, uh, in the September. Okay, so here are the links to the um, to, to the application form. It's roadshouse.ox.ac.uk is, is the main one, um, and then that will link you through to the um, through the specific web tool for the for that actual um, scholarship. I don't know if we'll be able to share this presentation or share these yep. links. Okay, so so we can send it through so you can actually see it. Um, okay, so what what is asked of you in this application? Um, I've applied for a number of scholarships. It's actually the only one I've won. Um, but it's quite a lot. Okay, so the, the first thing obviously is your personal particulars. I think just to verify that you actually do qualify, um, and then your educational history, which will include your um, obviously your um, what do you, call it? you know your list of marks, um, transcript is the one, um, and then you need a list of six referees, um, six exactly of which four must be academic referees, um, and they will sort of testify to academic abilities. Of the, of the other two referees, it's, it's sort of at your discretion who to go for. Um, but unlike some scholarships which sort of like a peer reference um, or something like that, I think the, the Rhodes um, Scholarship wants, wants sort of older people um, a little bit more stature, but who do still know you very well and can sort of give a, a more personal take um, on your character development. Yeah, sorry, just to jump in. So um, the online application tells you absolutely not to nominate someone that knows you well, that is like related to you personally, or a best friend, or you know, etc. So not a relation. I mean, even if you're very, very close to an uncle who is, you know, an amazing advocate or a judge or whatever, um, the roads, uh, the application process does not like you to put that person forward as a referee. Um, and all of these referees, are, it, it's entirely anonymous. So you don't see the reference letters like in some other scholarships. Um, that we've applied for, we got the physical letters. Um, and that's just because they want, uh, you know, as as far as possible, a really candid account of who you are as a person from from your referees. I mean, just, just for some examples of the other two, two references, um, I made use of people who I've been working with in the university, but not in an academic relationship. Um, so um, it was the, the DBC of um, Rose University because I'd worked with them through debating, and then I used my boss at the company I was working at. People have used former teachers who they've been very close to and have watched their development. Um, so it's that sort of an idea of, of the, the type of people who've been for them. Um, yeah, it's a certified copy of audio academic um, qualifications, um, and then a CV detailing your, um, your involvements and achievements. Um, so that's just a very brief sort of list of, of what you've done um, without too much motivation. The, sort of the same type of thing and sent through to applying for a, for a job or an internship. Um, and then this, the two big ones, and these are the, the ones that take a lot of time and a lot of thinking, um, are two essays that you're required to write. The first is a personal statement, and the second is an academic statement. Um, and this is where the trust gets an idea of A, sort of why you're aiming at Oxford and why you're aiming um, at, at the scholarship, and what sort of potential impact you have had and might continue to have after you've applied to the scholarship. So this is where they form an idea of your character, an idea of 
you know, how you look at certain issues and, and, and perceive them. Um, so for the personal statement, I mean, you discuss sort of, you, you know, you introspect and, and look at yourself. What are your aims? What are your priorities? Um, how do you think about your role in society? How do you think about how you're going to sort of um, affect society itself? So, so sort of that circular feedback. Uh, and the, the academic statement is sort of linking that personal statement into a why Oxford um, kind of question and, and why the particular degrees that you want to study or indicating why you want to study at Oxford. Um, okay, so, so that's the pro are there any questions at this point on the actual process? I'm sure we'll get to some later. Um, the, the scholarship is really, I mean, I mean incredible. The point really is to, is to let you be at Oxford and not have any stresses apart from your academic stresses and your, and your kind of um, your development at Oxford. So all the all the fees are covered, application fees are done, university college fees done. You get a stipend to live on. Um, I'm told it's it's not as crazy as, as it was in the old days, but um, a friend has just returned said that if the Rhodes College attempts buy more drinks, so <laughs> um, so it sounds good. Um, it's 13,000 UK pounds, so approximately 230 rand. Uh, if you're an economist, you might want to do a purchasing power sort of adjustment on that because things are a lot more expensive there. So um, just my own comment. Um, and then obviously an air ticket and return. Is that is that yearly or once? No, once. <laughs> <laughs> it, used to be, yeah, it used to be yearly, and then I think the Rhodes Trust invested in Japan, and something went wrong. They needed Dylan. Um, okay, a little bit about the University of Oxford. Um, I'm sure you've all heard of it. It's where they filmed Harry Potter. Um, oldest university in the English-speaking world, um, consistently top five ranked. I looked at a few rankings actually yesterday, and it's between fourth and sixth at the moment on, on all, the, all the main ones. Um, DBC's gone but ahead of Cambridge. Um, <laughs> and, and it is currently ranked as the top university in the UK and second in, in one of the other things. So I mean, it's, it's up there consistently. Um, it, it has a fairly unique, shared with Cambridge, sort of has a globally unique kind of organizational system in that. Um, you belong to both the department, um, and particularly in postgraduate, it's more important than undergraduate that you do belong to your university department. Um, and then also you, you belong to a college, which is kind of a hub of social life. Um, and in undergraduate and some postgraduate degrees also, you actually get taught from inside your college, not from your department. Um, and all the academics have to be associated or affiliated to a certain college, um, as well as to their departments in the university. So it sounds pretty chaotic, but I'm, I'm told it's... Um, it's cool. Um, and so Rhodes Scholars are promised um, you know, a, a number of overlapping sort of spheres of social circles to start influencing and, and moving within. There's, your, there's your, obviously your academic department, there's your college and the, the people you're with there. But then also Rhodes House um, is a sort of center of social life for Rhodes Scholars who you know, I'm told tend to be um, quite close to one another by the end of the, the scholarships. <coughs> Um, once again, an invisible link to the website <laughs> open, uh, open on the 1st of June. Um, and please, please contact Annette, who, um, who sort of does all the admin for the scholarship. If there's one email you need, it's this one. Um, it's roadstrust at pixie.coza. Um, if you can just get that down. Annette is incredibly friendly. She'll help you with all your admin. And she'll help you with any questions that you might have about the process or about, you know, do you qualify, which which one should you qualify to, um, et cetera. She's, she's really great. <coughs> cool. Um, I just want to finish off quickly because I think there's a lot of questions about the difference between the Rhodes Scholarship and the Mandela Rhodes. 
So I was going to go through that very quickly, and I'm just going to give you a little bit about my own experiences um, applying for various um, scholarships. Um, so the, as we saw earlier, the founder of the Mandela Road Scholarship was actually a Road Scholarship, uh, a Road Scholar himself. So the Mandela Road is, is much newer, um, and the idea was to extend what the Road Scholarship does into South Africa itself. Um, so the Mandela Roads will sponsor honors or master's study at a South African university of your choosing, um, or that you get accepted to. Um, it has a separate, a very separate selection process. Um, it actually runs through your university first. You get through university's um, sort of panel or application and panel selection. Then your university will nominate a number of people into the into the pool of potential Mandela Road scholars, and then they get selected from there. Um, whereas the the Rhodes the Rhodes Scholarship is a direct application thing. You don't even need to be in university. You just need to have um, a, a degree from the university to apply. Um, there's a much sort of looser age age requirement on the Mandela Roads. Um, so if you're planning on, on, um, on working and then cycling back into academia, um, you, you only have to be younger than 30 by the 1st of January on, on which you would start studying um, to apply for that. Um, and the Mandela Roads applies to any African country, um, whereas the Rhodes scholarships have very specific um, scholarships in different places based on, you know, based on the will and how the, the interpretation of the will has evolved. Um, and obviously, each university sets their own internal application deadline. Um, it's interesting how these two scholarships produce very different, but obviously both very high sort of quality scholars. Um, I did apply for the Mandela Rhodes and was rejected absolutely at the first round um, by Rhodes University, um, which is the reason, as the minister mentioned, um, that I was rather discouraged on the Rhodes scholarship. Um, but it's worth noting that there are separate, separate scholarships. They look at different criteria internally. Um, some people do go on to hold both. Um, some people hold only the roads. Some people hold only the Mandela roads. Um, and so it's really on, on what those, those boards and those institutions are looking for at that point in time um, and how they interpret kind of their mandate. So, um, and a wider comment. I mean, I've been through various phases to different levels of, of various different scholarships, including the Fulbright, um, where I was an ultimate candidate and ultimately not placed. Um, my advice to you is, is not to get discouraged by your experiences with, or, or over-encouraged actually, by your experiences with various scholarships on, on the roads. I would encourage you to apply, apply to it for what it is, um, and importantly, very importantly, not to self-select. Okay? You don't choose who is a Rhodes Scholar, so you shouldn't choose who is not a Rhodes Scholar. Um, send your application through if you think you meet the basic criteria, the selection panels, as is their job, will decide whether or not um, you're worth a scholarship. So please do not self-select. Um, put through your best shot in the, um, in the application phase. Um, and like me, you might be surprised with, uh, with what the results are. Okay. Thank you. Please don't go away. You, you, you're going to be fielding some of the questions. Uh, please, uh, please come back and sit. Uh, just, just very quickly, to sort of add to what uh, Dylan Sahamid said, I just want to talk a little bit briefly about uh, <coughs> the application process. Um, in the past, we were not very strict on the personal statement. From this year going forward, we are very strict. You are limited to a thousand words for both Part A and Part B. 
in the past, you'd get some of the personal statements would be one page, and some people would ramble on for like 10, 12, 15 pages, and you know, you get lost eventually trying to make sense of it. A 15 page personal statement is a bad sign to start off with. At least you don't know what you're talking about, uh, and you're supposed to be talking about yourself. So we are very, very strict on that. Um, and as Dylan said, do not make the mistake of trying to slap this together the night before the deadline. You simply will not even get through the shortlisting process. Um, so think about the application, think carefully about what you're going to say in your personal statement because it is indeed a personal statement. You, you, know, you sometimes pour your heart out and tell us exactly who you are as a person, what drives you. and. Um, what sets you apart from other people? Uh, what drives you to apply for this scholarship? And then part B of the statement is less sort of emotional because you're talking about the course you intend to study at Oxford and, uh, and why you think that's a suitable course for you. But that personal statement, I mean, um, it, it's, and it's not a rehash of your CV. So, because we ask you to submit your CV as well. So do not take your CV and then write an essay of your CV. They're two separate things. It's a personal statement. It's supposed to talk about you, uh, the experiences you've gone through in life, the things that drive you, the ambitions that you have, and all those kind of things. Um, so that is that is very important. The referee, the referees that you ask for. Um, some people make the mistake of. Uh, Okay, well, you know, Professor Chilizimarwala is is a DVC, and he went to Harvard. He went to the other place, and uh, so he's he's got he's got quite a good name. You know, he would look good as a referee for me. Doesn't always work that way. Um, so do not pick a heavyweight who doesn't know you. Rather, pick someone who knows you well but does not have that kind of profile. Because uh, it's a confidential reference, and one, we want to see from that reference that that person, one, knows you, especially the academic references. Uh, you know, they know something about your academic ability, and they can testify to that. And uh, they also know other qualities that you possess, and they can speak about that. Um, I mean, I, only, I mean, I've been involved in this election since 2003, so I've I've seen all sorts of ref, of references. Um, you sometimes read a reference and you read a, a, a candidate's CV and you're like, it's it's exactly the same thing, because some of the referees just do not know you, so they ask you for a copy of your CV. You send them a copy of your CV, they basically write that up and then they send it as a reference. It, it's not good enough. So a lot of work goes into that, and I mean, uh, if you can be impressed upon the academics as well, that candidates stand and fall on these references. A four-line reference just does not help the selection panel. You know, if, if someone is going to do that, they'd rather tell the candidate straight away that they are not prepared to give a reference, instead of agreeing to, doing, to, to giving a reference and then turning around and, and doing the candidate a disservice. And, uh, and also some referees do not, you know, we send reminders and reminders and reminders and, 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 and references just do not come through. I mean, just imagine going to interviews 
and uh, the panel does not have all your academic references. It has happened before. And I mean, as a committee, we then grapple with the situation of do we tell the candidates that we don't have all the references, which is obviously going to fluster them and then they're going to perform poorly in the interview. Or do you continue with the interview and hope that if they do exceptionally well, you can then go and find the person who's supposed to give a, give a reference and give them a big kick in their butt and hopefully they'll give you the reference. Sometimes they don't do that. And also the important thing to understand for, the, for, for those giving references is uh, because of the unique application process, the application that you are going to put forward for the scholarship, we take that application, we send it to Rhodes House. Rhodes House is like an administrative center of the Rhodes Scholarships. And Rhodes House is part of the Oxford University. Uh, they have relationships with colleges and departments and everything. So they will take your application and those references which you submitted to us for the scholarships are the exact same references that are going to go to your department to support your application to be placed in that department. I mentioned earlier that it's a very, very competitive process. I mean, you might be applying for a program where there's only 20 places and there's 20,000 applications from all over the world. So they look for any reason to exclude you. So, and I mean, academic references are pretty, I mean, you're gonna stand and fall on those. So, I mean, we would like to impress upon uh, the academics. We rely on you. And without those references, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do, no matter how good a candidate is, there's just not much that can be done. So that is very important. And um, then uh, the, uh, the relationship between us and the Mandela Roads. Uh, Mandela Roads Scholarship is, uh, is a new scholarship. It was actually set up by the Roads Trust um, for, the, uh, for, the, for the centenary of, uh, of the Roads Scholarship. So back in 2003, uh, the Roads Trustees decided that uh, they, uh, they felt they had an obligation to give something back to South Africa. Sister Rhodes uh, made most of his money in, uh, in, in, in Southern Africa. Uh, he apparently founded countries uh, like Zambia and Zimbabwe as uh, North, Northern and Southern Rhodesia. Um, so he was very much involved uh, diamond mining, made, made a house full of money, and uh, the trustees felt that it was appropriate to give something back. And obviously, um, because of the transition that South Africa was going through, it was important for the trust to, in a reconciliatory spirit, to, 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 to tune up with uh, uh, Mr. Nelson Mandela to create uh, the Mandela Road Scholarship. And uh, we also had selfish reasons for that, I mean, especially those of us who were already involved in the, in the selection process for the Road Scholarship. Um, we had selfish reasons. Um, it increases the pool of candidates who one know about the road scholarship, but two who've gone through a, an experience not dissimilar to that of a road scholarship application. So it's uh, and going forward, the relationship between the two is going to be much closer in so far as administration is concerned. But they're definitely unique and completely distinct scholarships. And uh, if, as Dylan said, don't think that because you are a Mandela Road scholar, you are a shoe in. Uh, many, many Mandela Road scholars have been disappointed. And uh, do not think that because we are rejected for the Mandela Road Scholarship that uh, you, you, you do not cut, uh, you do not make the cut for the Road Scholarship. That's our decision to make.
And um, um, I mean, I think I'm probably going to stop there and then take a Q&A. Some of the discussion points will probably emerge as we go. Some of you may have questions about what is the, what is the difference between a college and a department and, uh, and, and, and all of those things. I mean, when you get to Oxford, especially Americans, when they get to Oxford, the first thing they ask is, where's campus? <laughs> There's no campus. The whole town is uh, so-called campus. Think of a college as, as your res in, in the South African model, but a res that is independent and um, has got its own academic staff that, that are employed to teach and so forth. It predominantly does undergraduate teaching, but some of your postgraduate teaching will also take place there as well. Um, so if you're a, if you're a postgraduate, it's more, it's more useful for social and pastoral related kind of needs. Um, but for undergraduates, it's absolutely crucial which college you, you, you go to. Um, 